In this episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Maria Burrito. Maria has 13 years of experience as an art advisor. After leaving her career as a corporate attorney in a big city law firm in New York City, she has acquired over 100 million worth of art for her clients, which include Gwyneth Patro, along with CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, hedge fund portfolio managers, investment bankers, private equity firms, and uh, many, many more. Art has been known to perform differently from traditional investments, such as stocks and bonds. Some studies have shown that over long term, art has outperformed the S&P 500 with an average return of 7% over the past 10 years. So let's speak to Maria and find out how you and I can start investing in art today. And if you want to know how you can upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your money mindset expert. And today, once again, we have the pleasure of speaking to the beautiful, the wonderful Maria Burrito. Welcome, Maria. Hi, cool. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you so much, Maria. Maria, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Well, I'm an art advisor. And what I do is that I work with individuals who want to diversify their investments, and they also want to have the emotional and aesthetic connection of living with art. And so basically, I help build art collections. I help present opportunities. I help steer them in the right direction so they don't buy things that either do not ever gain value or don't retain it. And I'm just constantly presenting new things and helping my clients navigate this really massive art world, which is a 300 billion global behemoth. And uh, we do that by going to galleries and going to see what's happening at auction houses and going to museums that are showing you know, young artists or old artists or dead artists or anything that helps my clients get a better sense of what they're doing. I'm always game for that. And I tailor my advisory services to their needs. And, you know, I, I am always along the way with them through their journey as collectors, because some people start with like, bare walls some people have already started and they just want to have more expertise and figure out how to continue on top of things because it is a full-time job i mean i i work full-time in my business and um i have also researched people who work for me and it's a very intense and fast I'm world. Sure. Yeah, I am sure. I'm sure. And, I'm sure that, uh, so then yeah. in a nutshell, hmm. that's what I do. I help people build phenomenal epic art collections that 
gain value over time. But I'm always wary to say to say to people that the same thing as a financial advisor, nobody's ever going to tell you you're going to get rich with this, like up and up only. You know, that's not really how you... All, no, well, it, it's, all, it's all about investing. I think this is what I think anybody listening here would know this about investing. You know, there's always a risk. Sure, but I just want to make sure that I give my like little disclaimer because certain people are literal in what they hear. So I just want to make sure that people understand that mm-hmm. this is it has inherent risks, even though investing in art performs better than any stock traditionally if you do know what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. it is also an asset class that moves separately from everything else. And that's why in recessionary times, people with money love to go to the art market to get deals. And, you know, by deals, I mean, it's not that something is 100 and you're going to get it for one. No, it's not buying Credit Suisse for a billion dollars. It's not that. It's more getting in the right time and perhaps negotiating better terms when in much hotter moments, you won't be perhaps able to get those better terms. Wonderful. So, so, so I'm, I'm going to stop you there. So, so basically the, the point of today's episode is all about how to start investing in art. So why don't you take this leads us on to that starters. Tell us how do we start investing in art? What would someone like me, as I said before, yes. I have zero knowledge. What would you say to me? What would you what would what would the step by step process you would tell me tell me to do to begin investing in art? There is a, I would always ask you what is your goal and what is your budget because that will definitely help me figure mm-hmm. out how to steer you. But let's say you haven't done ever any purchase in art, which you haven't. I would tell you let's start looking at young artists, at emerging artists because uh, the investment is not so high. Mm. And therefore, whatever happens, you still hold on to the asset, right? I mean, and you didn't have to spend, let's say, more than $10,000 or more than $20,000. And by the way, those are the prices of emerging artists, right? Like a canvas. There are ranges of things that happen in the art market. For example, paintings are always desirable and hot and is what the market loves. Why? Because it has a long history of more than 700 years. Like, you know, back in the Middle Ages, people were painting on boards. Mm. And also, you know, the canvases came during the Renaissance. So people love paintings. They've always performed well in the market. And it's something that is easy to transport, right? It's different with the sculpture. Sculpture never really gets the same amount of value over time because it's difficult to move. It occupies space. People don't necessarily want to, like, it's not the same. It's not that sculptures don't get value over time. It's just that if you were to compare them in a, in a growth curve, mm. paintings always perform better. So I will tell you, let's go and look at young painters, emerging painters. Uh, I wouldn't invest in photography, even though it's a wonderful medium, medium and it is also less expensive. It just doesn't do well anymore because... Mm with the advent of Instagram and technology, then people think that, you know, although I love photography and if you are a seasoned collector, you should always have a piece of photography in your collection, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to say is that I would just 
show you a lot of emerging artists so that you have a, an understanding. That's the other thing, an understanding of what's happening culturally in the circles of emerging artists. And, you know, a lot of these people, even though they might be separa separated by geographical, you know, places, like they are somehow speaking the same language in, in, their, in the way that they are portraying their experiences. So you have a lot of Black artists and they can be in Laos, Nigeria, or they can be in Brooklyn, New York, and they sort of like are speaking some of the same issues. And there are a lot of women artists, right, who are reclaiming their spot that for so long it was not necessarily as relevant as male artists. And so female artists are doing wonderfully well right now in the marketplace because for the first time they are getting an equal recognition. And mm -hmm. so so it doesn't matter if that artist is in Amsterdam or if that artist is in Los Angeles, right? Like because they process that part of the experience when they portray it in, in a painting, they do it differently, but the sort of underlying message is usually very similar. Mm -hmm. So I would make sure that you understand the context, the, the here and now, which sometimes it could be difficult for the uninitiated, right? Because first, there is a lot of great art out there. And the truth is there is a lot of great art, just like there is a lot of shitty and crappy art. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the thing is understanding once you have an eye educated, like your education of your eye with me or, you know, if you want to go on your own, right? Like if you just want to do it on your own, I would say, you know, go go to this list of 20 galleries in London and see what's going on. And if you want to make notes on your phone of what resonated with you and why and the patterns that you see that are repeat, repeating, that would be very helpful. And then, you know, I would go and before spending any money, I would just Google the artist. I would see if there is any press about the artist. I would see if they are self-taught or if they went to school. I would like sort of try to gather as much information as possible from what you can get freely on mm -hmm. the internet. You would be shocked. A lot of people don't do any of this, right? Mm -hmm. And I would also check the gallery and see, oh, they galleries have also wonderful websites so you see well is this gallery how long have they been operating uh, do they go to art fairs what are the art fairs they go to oh if they go to our basel well then may maybe they have a little bit more of legitimacy than the ones who go to like you know the street fair mm -hmm. um you know so it's all about the amount of time and curiosity that you can dedicate to something mm -hmm. but this listen i, I you know i am it's not that I'm against crypto. It, it's just not my thing. I still have to pay all my bills with US dollars. So, you know, I mean, for me, like, but I do have a lot of friends who got into that and they were like on boards and on forums in the middle of the night trying to understand things and basically taking three or four hours away from the sleep time to learn crypto. And mm. I found that fascinating, but, at the, but since people 
thought that was going to be like you know the second coming of Jesus or whatever. And yeah, like, I mean that. Let's let, let, let this explain people. So we're not talking about crypto and Bitcoin. We're talking about NFTs now. So NFTs is what you're referring to. I take it, right? Yeah, I'm talking about crypto. Crypto. I mean, like people oh. who do that never like people. Look, what I'm trying to make is the comparison, right? Like, I mean, people went and in the middle of the night, I have a lot of friends who got into boards and forums and like you know talking to different people and on Twitter following threats and this and that of like what to do and where were the movements of Ethereum and like so if people can do that for something that is like fickle and uh, mm-hmm. as we can see not necessarily the most solid investment you can spend two hours learning maybe about. you know like learning about what they are that you saw and that you potentially want to buy right but that's mm-hmm. that's the thing you have to have the desire you have to have you have to want to do it because if you just want to invest in something without really knowing what you're doing and why and if you really want to have the art, the asset itself, I think it's going to not turn out right. I have some clients who do have several artworks hanging in their houses and they love it, but they also have storages where they are just putting things because they want to keep them there for investment purposes. So mm. it's like this kind of balance, right? So if like that's why it's so different and that's why it's such a different and resilient asset class because well, there is- I, Well, I think I, I don't, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think in order, what you're saying is just common sense. In order for you to go into and invest something, you're going to have to do some research and you're going to, you need to educate yourself on that. I don't think it's as very different from, so I mean, coming back to crypto because crypto has different elements to it and I am involved in crypto as well. But again, with crypto, before I did invest, I did some research like your friends were doing. Um, and then also there's NFTs, which again, I, 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 and I'll come on to NFTs because they're, they're more, you know, the, the modern art yeah. is going down that route and I can get, I'll get your opinion about it. But the first point you're making, which I think is really, really important is educate yourself on that particular asset class, which is the case for everything. If you want to invest in shares, if you want to invest in gold, if you want to invest in commodities, if you want to invest in properties, Investing just because someone said suggested it to you is stupid, and you're you're going to you're, you're the high probability that you're going to lose your money. So the first protocol is check what your budget is, and and then go and do some research, and also work out what you like. Because I think your the point you made here was whether you like that particular art, or you're gonna or you can do it just for pure investment purposes and and put it in your garage. So that's important mm-hmm. as well. So if we, if we start breaking it down rather than having a long, one long, um, you know, because people will have difficulty following out, I was trying to break that down for them. So the first step is to um, work out what the budget is and how much money they're allocating. The second yeah. one is the, you're saying come in to look at emerging artists because they are going to be cheaper compared to what well, reasonably cheaper and compared to um, the, the more established artists, especially the dead ones. Um, and I think some of them <laughs> are the price range anyway. Uh, and, and when you when you sort of looked at that in that stage is look at the galleries, look at you know, educate yourself in terms of who the artists are. What's the next step after that? Well, then you have to um, once you have formed that criteria, then you have to start all over again, because probably what you saw has mm. already been sold yes. because that is how fast this moves. Right. But then again, this once you have done all the first few steps that you just very well recapped then you have knowledge and you have yes. information yes. and so you go with 
uh, ammunition. You know, you you go with like, oh, now I have a lot more of knowledge than when I had zero. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually make a purchase or two utilizing what you know. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. The prices are usually set. There is always room, not always, but sometimes there is room for a small discount of maybe 10%. Uh, it doesn't happen that often anymore. There used to be a time five, five, five years ago where people could go and say, I want 15%, or, but that because the mm-hmm. market grew and became global. And so it's not just you because this gallery sell to people in Asia, to people in the Middle East, to people in India, to people in all the United States. So the assets move fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, while that is not necessarily a rule that goes across everything, because sometimes things take a little longer to sell because I have been myself surprised like oh my goodness and this hasn't sold already and it is so good and I find it like wow what an amazing find my clients are like doubtful why hasn't this sold yet you know it's just because we have had such an insane three four years uh since the pandemic hit and Mm -hmm. things became like you know, online art fairs and everything was circulated on a PDF. Even everything was circulated on a PDF before the digital world accelerated the whole thing even even more. So the step, like as you said, and as I said now, then you go and you make a purchase and make sure that you are clear. You're, there's like nobody issues certificate of authenticity anymore unless it is an artist that can be copied. Your certificate of authenticity is your uh, invoice, yeah. your paid invoice. Mm-hmm. And uh, you hold on to the asset. Usually galleries with very hot artists are um, asking new collectors or old collectors to to sign a non-resale agreement so that you cannot resell unless you go to them again. So that's to avoid speculation, okay. which happens too often. And I go back when you say, well, you know, People actually do buy things without really knowing what they're buying just because their bro told them just because. So people get into all sorts of strange situations with the art world because it is not regulated. It is Mm -hmm. opaque, you know, to to many um, in comparison to the stock market. Let's say it's opaque. It's not regulated. And so, uh, you know, if you find a gallery that is asking you to sign a non-resale agreement or a resale agreement, it's a good thing because it means that the artist is really hot and they want to protect the artist from going in crazy other collections or from going to end up at auction. And because, again, people are crazy at auction. Some young artists people bought things for $30,000 and they are selling them for a million. And uh, it's, wow. it's, just, it's it's happening in very, very, sp- like the speed of time is unreal. I mean, these games are happening in the span of three years and um, it's, it's, it's disconcerting in a way and at the same time also fascinating to see these things happen. And believe me, they are not anomalies. They are happening more and more and more. Auction houses have supposedly a lot of procedures in place to avoid money laundering and you know they 
want to make sure that whomever is registered to bid has an account with the auction house, has the IDs, and they get paid or pay from an account that actually matches the ID name and things mm. like that. But that's not enough because you can always have someone doing that for you. And it's like you can be a Russian oligarch, which, you know, we are forbidden from dealing with right now. Mm. And that person can do that if they want, just utilizing someone else, right? Because they're, the traceability of an artwork is not it's, it's something has changed hands, which is also part of the life of an artwork. If, you know, you sell it to someone and someone sells it to someone and so on and so forth, the traceability is usually just presented as a chain of provenance. So that means the chain of provenance is I bought it from this gallery, then I sold it to this person, then I sold it to this person. And those names never have to be disclosed because the truth is everybody wants to preserve their privacy and that's okay. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is there are many things that can be extremely dark and opaque in this um, art world that in other markets with uh, stock or bonds or even crypto, you don't, it would be common to have a lot more of information. So information mm -hmm. Asymmetry is a thing of the art market. You don't have all the information. As a buyer, usually you get as much as you can, and it's possible to get a lot of information for free. The information that I provide to my clients besides what's available is also I get to know if we have other collectors buying who are important players in the market, mm -hmm. if we have museums who are already considering buying that artwork if we so because that's not publicly available until it happens mm -hmm. or sometimes collectors are not publicly saying what they have but I happen to know because either I work with them or the galleries tell me so this is the kind of thing that you know as an advisor I am in service of these things but you don't need to have an advisor if you don't want to you can go and do it yourself and the more time you dedicate to it the better you're going to be because then you're going to be able to make informed decisions that support the investment better okay so i think this is it comes down to the point is is, is doing the research and then researching the galleries as well researching the artist and Working out what you know what appeals to you, and then making sure working out the procedures with the auction houses. Uh, well, that comes after because, like, normally I would not recommend anybody who's starting to buy anything in the art market to go to an auction house because, okay. first of all, you're gonna have to pay twenty five percent fee, and that's mm -hmm. very high on top of what it is. Second, it's not a fixed price. I mean. Auctions have private private sales too, and they work all the time in that space, but they still charge you the 25%, right? Which right. is, it's a really hefty fee. Hmm. And uh, what auctions can give people, which is a wonderful tool, is that they are obligated to disclose what things sold for. So you can have all those lists and all that information in the website of Sotheby's and Christie's, just to name two, because there are many more and they are regional and local and so on and so forth. So you can have an idea. And if you, you want to go and see, they always have, for example, Philips is the other one that has a lot of young artists, always young and alive that get traded and sold there. So if you want to go and look at what's going on, like 
they always have sales like the new new, the young people, the, you know, the contemporary landscape, the, you know, so they are, th they are, they are themes. And so you can always see what's happening in that sphere of young artists and, and like, what are they going for at auction? But auction usually is a validation of a purchase that comes later. Right. Because when once you buy an emerging artist for ten thousand dollars or ten thousand pounds or ten thousand euros, you're not going to find that artist at auction for a couple of years at least or three or four. We never really know. And because the auction house wants to make money and they also want to make sure that, you know, they are taking an asset that has because they do invest a lot of marketing and they do have. You know, their name alone brings a lot of prestige mm. to things. So they want to make sure that if they take an asset on consignment, it is something that they are going to be able to sell. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't understand that they're just buying a poster on Times Square is not going to end up at Sotheby's, right? There are a lot of galleries that while they are, have been in business for a long time, while they sell is crap. So it is it is like the responsibility of someone who is investing to either hire the right advisor or to go and do the thing do on diligence. your own. Yeah, yeah. Right. I Basically, mean, I, doing, it's doing the research and then doing your due diligence on the piece that you want to purchase. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The due diligence is double. It's like not only the artist, but also who's selling it. Yeah. The galleries. We, as and saying. obviously, the, the smaller the risk... I mean, the the least amount of it, it what, what I mean by risk is like the, the least amount of money you're being asked to pay for that. Also, your level of research has to diminish, right? Because if mm. you want to have fun and take a bet on like a little painting at $500 or a little uh, watercolor at an art fair in New York and you love it, and you took that chance, why not, right? But then mm -hmm. don't get crazy about research on $500 because really you're not going to find a lot there, you know? It's just like, it's a little bet. Now, when we're asking 10000 then you should really have something to back that up, right? It shouldn't just be a dealer who tells you, this is what you should get because I'm selling it. You should really have a little bit more and become familiar. You know, what I have found over time is that, a lot of young and or 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 first time collectors tend to gravitate to certain styles. And usually there are three or four galleries that may have programs that fit your taste. And that is an interesting thing because it means that the owner of the gallery has a a vibe or an aesthetic that goes with yours. Mm. So usually they tend to present things that for better or worse have that type of cohesiveness. I mean, not everything will be to your liking, but I did all, all those many years that I have been in this business, I've realized that certain clients are more supportive of certain galleries, not because they just like the people there, but because the art and the artists that they are selling have similarities that yeah. speak to that particular. Yeah, I mean, um, they would they, that that person's in alignment with it. It, it speaks to you, and I know. Yeah. I mean, my knowledge of art is so so minuscule, but when I when I did go to the art to galleries, there are some paintings, even though I have such little knowledge of art spoke to me 
um, they resonate with me. And then, you know, there'd be others who everyone's staring at and I couldn't make head or tails. I'm like, what's the big deal about it? I mean, right. it just, it didn't speak to me at all. So I do believe that we all have an inkling or a pull towards certain styles and certain art. Um, we just have to figure that out ourselves. And then um, for for starting off um, as investing in art, I think it's a good, good place to start to, to buy something that you like. I mean, at the piece behind me, I, I had it commissioned and I had it done. And um, I love it. I love that Arabic calligraphy and and, and the bold colors that went with it. Um, that's not never going to get to the hundred thousand or million mark, but that wasn't the reason behind the purchase. Right. It was it was for my own personal need and my own personal desire. So I think you need to make. Um, if we just sum this up now, we when you go to look to invest in art, you need to do your due diligence. You need to do your research. Uh, first, work out your budget. First, work out you know where you you know how much you want to invest, why you want to invest. Do your some research in there. Then research the galleries, research the artists they're presenting, and and as you said, by the time you've come, you've made all your decisions and you've sort of come to a conclusion. The most likely thing is that that particular yeah. piece from the artist is gone, which is fine. But you but then now this time when you're going back to square one, you're going back with the knowledge and the information. So now you're able to make a quicker decision, and you're able to um, if not if you're not taking help from someone like you and like an advisor, but you're able to make the decision yourself quicker. And but do do research on the galleries as well as the merging artists. Have I got this correct? So this is what you're you got it perfectly. And it's like you you said it so succinctly. I mean, you should do my job now. <laughs> hey, there's a problem, my darling. Thank you so much. No, well, you I- did it. You 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 summarized it very well. It's it's Wonderful. that exactly. Fantastic. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It's been a fascinating learning experience for me too. As you can tell, I was very paying close attention to everything that Maria said. Maria, tell everybody, you know, how can we connect with you? How can we find you on the internet? Yes, please. I'm at uh, my website is Maria Brito, B-R-I-T as in Tom O dot com. And there are links to the social media and there are also forms that you can fill out if you want to reach out to me directly. So you can fill out the email form and uh, it'll come and we will take care of you. Wonderful. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, then the links for Maria will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we will have the links for Maria to go check her out. And if you are interested in that, I highly recommend you to check her website and see how, what you can learn from her and how she can support you on your journey into becoming an investor in art. On that, I will thank you so much, Maria, for being such an amazing guest for us. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and thank you for, you know, you know, teaching me at least the basic of purchasing art. Thank you, Gol. I very much appreciate this opportunity and you're super brilliant and you got it right. And so I'm sure everybody in the audience also understood very well what they have to do when they are starting to collect. And thank you for listening to me and Maria today. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time, I mean, this is Gol Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to 
www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.